Welcome. Thank you for joining us here at AmazingLove.org. And, uh, you know, it's been a dream of mine to reach people all across the world with a message of Jesus and his love. And so whether you're joining us from near or far, so glad that you're here. And uh, we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. So if he's blessed you by this ministry, please email us at impactatamazinglove@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this ministry and make sermons like this possible every week ongoing, please go to AmazingLove.org and go to our giving tab. But now may God bless you. May he guide you. May he speak into your life and direct you all through the power of his love. Thank you. So church family, Merry Christmas, and it is good to see you, and it's uh, my privilege to announce to you today that I am still the proud pastor of Amazing Love. Um, and I decided during the coldest time when my parents were saying it's 70 in Florida, thanks mom and dad. But it recognizes, and what I've recognized during this process is the privilege I've had to be part of this church family. And I just wanted to say thank you to the members of Amazing Love. Thank you for walking beside me. Thank you for growing with me. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for being about this mission. Um, I see it, and I see it in you, and it's a privilege to just work alongside you. And uh, members, again, it's been great to grow with you. But uh, I also wanted to say near and dear to my heart are our visitors so I, I don't care if it's even like your first time here, you already got a place. Um, if it's been a while, you got a place here. Because we built this place so that people could know again why God is so awesome, why Jesus reigns, and, and why he loves you. So again, even if you're, you're a first-time visitor today, I just want to say I, I'm in it for you as well. And just love to, again, celebrate with you. But here's what I know. It's not about me. <laughs> There's only one name worthy of worship. There's only one name that saves. There's only one name that we celebrate, and that is the name of Jesus. Whether I'm here or whether I'm somewhere else, I'll always say, it's all about him. Could you just turn to your neighbor and tell him, it's all about Jesus? It's all about Jesus. It is all about, it's about Jesus. And so why don't we talk about him a little bit today, okay? We ready? Ready? Okay, okay. I heard a great story from my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law can no longer keep Christmas presents under the tree and just have them sitting there. How many of you have Christmas presents under the tree right now if I went to your house? Right? My sister-in-law cannot do that because of a five-year-old named Levi. This is what Levi does. Levi, when no one is looking, will go to those Christmas presents, find the ones with his name on it. He will open them up, and then he will repackage them 
or at least his attempt to repackage them so that no one knows he already saw it. Talk about a spoiler alert. And it just reminds me, do you have kids who've ever looked and tried to find what they got? Anyone grow up in that household? Maybe you were that kid. Yeah, yeah, you're, I know, I know. We're broken people. I could never be that kid because I'm a horrible liar. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I hate it when my brother told me what grandma got because then I have to, like, fake, and I'm already faking, you know, joy and all that. I have to be like, wow, I didn't see this one coming. When really, you did, I'm just horrible about it, right? You know, and you try to be nice, and so I, I never like to love it. But it's a spoiler alert. Well, transition with me here. We're celebrating Christmas, aren't we? And it's Christmas to recognize Christ. And we're looking at the gift that God has given. There is a tremendous gift. In fact, if you consider yourself a Christian, there's a nuance in why we give presents. There really is. If you're a Christian, you don't really give them because someone has been naughty and nice. At Amazing Love, we've all been naughty. Welcome to the naughty club. We've all been naughty. We call it sin. Anyway, uh, we give them because we know God gave the biggest. Like, no one out gave God at all or can even come close. And so when you get an Xbox... When, when, when you get, you know, a Shopkin, when, when, when you get a diamond ring, when you get jewelry, every kiss begins with K, no one would kiss that often, let's just be honest, right? Anyway, um, when you get those things, they're just dim shadows of the gift that God gave. They're just minor, minor trinkets of what, what he truly gave because I bet you know what's in that box, don't you? I mean, even if you haven't been at church in a while, you probably know the gift that God gave. What was that gift? We know it's this. Spoiler alert, Jesus is born. And this is not new news. God, the Father, gave his one and only Son out of love for us. And this Jesus, he was born of a virgin named Mary. He was announced by angels and worshipped by shepherds. And this one has come to save us. Jesus means he saves. Emmanuel means God with us. And he came just for us. And maybe some of you already knew that, right? It's not new news, but it's the best news. And I want to tell you, if you're visiting or if you're watching online, he has come just for you. He knows your name. He knows your circumstance. He knows exactly what you need. And he can be the unfailing love in your life if you let him. Just saying. But we know what we're already getting, don't we? So I wanted to focus on something that we don't know. The present that, that we don't know yet which is coming. Because I believe God still has a gift that we don't know what it looks like. And so I wanted to put our attention on that thing. And to, to realize what we're truly waiting for. Because, spoiler alert, we're not waiting for Jesus to come the first time. We're not waiting for that. He came, right? So what are we waiting for? For this. Do you know that as he came one time, he is coming again? Do you know that, that we're going to open this gift and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, this eternal life with him? We don't know exactly what it's going to be like, this experience with him. But we do know it is coming, my friends, and we will not forget it. His first coming points to his second coming. Jesus, he promised this. Look at this. This was his promise. This was his gift. He said, my father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, what I see in this verse is that Christmas, that Jesus is doing his Christmas shopping. He's shopping for you. And it's something that he's making his own, but it's not like that preschooler, you know, macaroni noodle Christmas card you know, some of the homemade ones really aren't that great. But, but Jesus, he's making... No, they are great because they're preschoolers. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> sorry, I, I just got rebutted from the front row. <laughs> they're great gifts. They don't have any money. 
But anyway, you know what I'm saying, like, to get, like, the, the, the like, consumeristic, like, really, really great one, right? I, I just want to get your attentions to know that Jesus is given, like, that thing. Like, his, his made thing is not just macaronis, even though that's sweet. It's like, it's going to be awesome. The way he describes it, it's like the new heavens and the new earth. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon or have seen, like, you know, the, the stars in the sky or, or, or been interested in, like, animal life or plant life or anything like that. If he could do that here, what do you think that's going to be like there? That's what he's preparing for you. And then he said, and if I go, because he went, he's already gone. He's in heaven and I prepare a place for you, I will come back. Before Arnold Schwarzenegger ever said it, Jesus said, I'll be back. Right? He's coming back, my friend. That's what we're looking forward to, isn't it? We already know the first Christmas and the first coming. We're looking forward to the second advent of our Lord and the second coming. And if that's really what we're waiting for, well, then I have a different question, and it's this. What should we do when we wait? What would God have us be about while we are waiting to open that second and greater present? And that's what we get to talk about. So, we get into the Word of God, and um, the, the, the thing that Jesus uses here is a parable, which is his master illustration. Like, he just knows how to tell a story. And these stories were made up, but they have a spiritual point. And the reason he was telling this story is because the disciples asked this question. They asked, what will be the sign of that second coming? Because they were with him the first coming. What's going to be the sign of the second one? And he went on and he said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. I don't know if you've been watching Syria and Aleppo, but that's happening. And there will be famines. I don't know if you know it's different countries and Haiti and, and that, that happens. And there's going to be um, all these kind of earth disasters, whether it be hurricanes or earthquakes, and that's happening. And the point was, we live in the end times. Jesus could return at any moment I've always believed he's going to return when I was, that's why I'm a pastor, by the way. He's going to be like, yeah, you're serving me, we're going to heaven. Like, I don't need a chariot like Elijah had, but like, I would love for him to return when I'm here. Okay, he didn't come. All right, so I'll continue. But um, anyway, and then he went on, and this whole story that we get to explore was this answer of what to do while we wait. That, that was the whole thing, and so that's what we're going to get into. So I invite you to follow along. It's in your worship folder. It's in the Bible, and it's on the screen, whatever your preference. And I'm just going to pick apart and explain some things. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. It says, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now, quiz, who's the groom? Who's the groom? That's Jesus. Yep, Sunday school answer. This is Jesus. Five of them were foolish. Now, I had to laugh when I was translating the Greek on foolish because it's where we get the English word moron. And moron just had a better connotation. It sat with me more like five were morons and five were smart. Anyway, so what did the morons do? Well, they took their lamps, but they didn't take any oil with them. Now, what is the oil? The oil is faith. The oil is keeping your eyes on Jesus and holding to the faith, keeping on, keeping on in the faith, fixing your eyes on the author and perfecter, which is Jesus, okay? The wise, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. They planned on having faith for a long time. The groom was a long time. We're going to talk about that. The groom was a long time in coming. They all became drowsy and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the groom. Come to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Now, if the oil represents faith... 
Could these other people share their faith with someone else? Is my faith going to work for you when the end comes? Can you come to Jesus and say, hey, my parents believed. Millennials, you need to know your, your parents' faith is not going to keep you. You need your own. And millennials, we still got to figure out what the faith, this radical faith, this persistent faith looks like as the next generation because our parents actually did a pretty good job and we are not. Okay? But their faith can't be transferred to you. You have to have your own. That's how it works. Anyway, so, so they said no. And, and at first when I was reading, I thought, like, they've, they, they've, they've given up the first principle, like, as a two-year-old, you're told to share. But again, if it's faith, they can't share it. So they said no. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the groom arrived, and the virgins who were ready went into them to the wedding banquet. I, I never get past wedding banquet. Here's why. Do you know God wants to party with you? That's what he's saying. God is a party God. And he say, party people, party on. We're going to party forever. It's going to be a banquet. It's going to be awesome. I'm a pastor because I like to party. I just know where the party is, right? It's not here. It's there. And I'm ready to party. Jesus is going to be awesome. Rock the party. Anyway. So we're going to a party, but then the door was shut. That's important because we only have one time of grace to get this right. If you're taking finals or exams, sometimes they have a do-over or makeover, extra credit. You don't get that with God. This is like a one and done. If you're in, in class, like you have one opportunity to get the test right, and the only answer is Jesus, but you need to know you only get one shot. That's it. No makeup, no do-over. So, later the others also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. That is chilling, chilling, chilling. And then the point, therefore keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. And so he told us how to wait. And we get to explore this parable a little bit. Did it strike you? Did it wake you up? Is it powerful? We're going to talk about it. You ready? All right. Um, I'm a real big fan of Christmas music. I'm rocking 93.9. I was an early adopter, too. Like, I was rocking it before, like, anyone else. Like, the first day I was listening to. And there's a lot of funny songs. Like, there's a song called Dominic the Donkey. Has anyone? It's about this Italian donkey who helps Santa because the reindeer can't get up the Italian hills. And it just cracks me up. It kind of reminds me of I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. And I love it when she sings about hippopotamuses. Right? You know, simple guy, simple pleasures. I love the Mariah Carey CD. You know, the Christmas, I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed. All I want for Christmas is you, and it's a great song. And sometimes I'll even listen to that CD when it is not Christmas because she's awesome. Okay? So for what it's worth. And there's a really great YouTube rendition of them, like, singing in the car. You should check that out. It's really great. And all these celebrities singing, All I Want for Christmas is You. But um, with that said, there is one singer and one song in particular that I do not appreciate. And does anyone know who this is? <clears throat> it's Bing Crosby. Now, he not only sings about a white Christmas, but the song that I don't like is a song that says, I'll be home for Christmas. And here's why. I'm not usually home for Christmas, <laughs> so stop singing about it. It doesn't help me, nor did this call help with that whole mental process. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I'm not trying to throw a pity party. That, that's not my point. 
In fact, God has been hugely gracious to me, and he is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. But, but what, what, what I experience is maybe something that you've experienced. In fact, maybe there are some who've ever made like a drastic country move in their lives. Has anyone moved across the country like far away? Some, some people, okay, all right? Or maybe, how about this? There are people that were in your life that are no longer in your life. Can anyone relate to that? They were in your life and they're no longer in your life. So you can kind of relate to why I don't like that song to a degree. Because the thing is about Christmas, we have expectations, and sometimes we expect it's going to be like this one Christmas that we once had where all the stars aligned, and then it never gets back to that point. And, and you're like always trying to grasp something that no longer exists anymore because you're not a kid and you don't live in that home, and it just isn't the same. Do you know what I'm talking about? It can even happen that everything goes right for your Christmas, and yet you still have this longing inside of you. Like you drank the eggnog and you had the Christmas presents and the family get-together was okay, but it's still... I wanted to speak to that a little bit today. C.S. Lewis had something profound to say when it comes to those emotions. He said this. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, if Christmas just doesn't hit all those boxes for you, maybe the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And then I look at what it was saying in the Hebrews and those faithful Christians. Remember our first lesson, it said this. It said, those Christians admitted this was not their home. No, they admitted they were foreigners and strangers. And why? I'm going to skip down. Because they were longing for a better country. And I'm here to tell you, I need to remind you, I don't care what your Christmas looks like, but Bing got it wrong. You are not home for Christmas. Because this is not your home. You need to know you are in a tent. It's kind of like that family gathering where everyone gets together for a day and there's not enough rooms. And so your whole family with eight children has to stay in one room and you're kind of like sleeping on the bunk beds and and the twin bed and, and, and everyone's on the floor. And you know what I'm talking about? Like that is life. That is all of our lives. And you need to remember that this is not your home. This is not your home. This is not your home. And here's why that's important. Because if you realize you're not home, you won't cling to it as if you were. Are you like me? Are you trying to create a home that doesn't exist when circumstances and people fall through your fingertips? Things are always slipping away. As a reminder, you are not home. And if we realize that, it means it doesn't matter what house I live in because that's my tent. Who cares? If I realize that, I can rock a manly Prius and it's not cool. But who cares? It's my donkey getting me from tent to tent. That's all it is. If I realize that, Those that I love in the Lord and perhaps like you have lost in the Lord or perhaps are serving our country in the army or wherever or or separated, you need to know you might not have time with them this Christmas, but I've done calculations about eternity and I've done a calculation that tells me I'm going to have plenty of time there with those that I love in the Lord. That's my confidence because I am not home 
And I'm a guy who loves Chicago and loves Portillo's, but I will not say this is my home because I know my home is at heaven with the Lord. You know, this was symbolized by that one night. The, 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 the ten that were waiting, their whole lives consisted of one night. That's all it was. But this night can get kind of long. Let's turn to, to verse 5. The groom was, can you say those two words with me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. The groom was a, let's try one more like with your gusto. The groom was a, yeah, it's a long time, isn't it? Like it's, it's a long night. Like sometimes I forget to think about what is coming because I'm so wrapped up in what is here. It's a long night. It's a long night. And so what do we need? What do we need? What do we need? It reminds me of the brutal cold that we've had. The brutal cold, it's been negative one. And, and, and I love that in the Midwest, we just kind of act like it's normal, right? It's negative one, but we send out the kids to school. It's negative one, but we still go downtown for work. It's negative one, but look at this picture. I love it. It's negative 16, but you still have your numbers to hit, right? You know? And that was true at Amazing Love. People coming in, got numbers to hit, you know? And, and uh, coming by Amazing Love, some things. Anyway. And um, I love, you know, that, that people just act like that's normal, negative 16. And I love that you're here. Like, it's just a regular Sunday, you know. Roads are crazy. What do you need uh, in order to continue on when it's negative 16 and negative 1? You need a persistent attitude, don't you? You need an attitude that says, I don't care if it's sunny or not. I am going and we're, life has to go on, right? Well, as I consider what we do with brutal cold, that's the same thing we need to do in our lives spiritually. We need a persistent faith. A faith that says, okay, life might be grand, I'm going to love the Lord. Life might not be grand, I'm going to love the Lord. This is a great Christmas, this is a bad Christmas. Doesn't matter, I'm going to celebrate the Christ of Christmas. And I love sometimes talking about the seasons of life because it puts things in perspective. Do you know we have seasons of life? Um, uh, so let me teach on seasons. It, it, for example, sometimes we enter from one door to another door. In this season, for example, the Cubs are bad. It was a long season. Uh, but you had a good job. Um, in this season, you have good people, but your car is a clunker. You could transition to a new season where the Cubs are good, but you have a bad job, and there's bad relationships, bad people around you, but your car is awesome, right? Do you know, you know what seasons? You've been in seasons? It's interesting that sometimes you don't even know that you're in a new season, right? Like sometimes you think you're still here when you're there, and that's kind of, and you're trying to live like it was there, but someone needs to tell you there, and it's just, you know, mind-blowing sometimes, right? That's what happens, seasons. Well, the point of this whole story is no matter your season, you're in college, you're in high school, what needs to happen is that Jesus needs to go with you. Jesus, the light of the world, needs to happen in every season, and so his light will be represented by the nativity star. Jesus should be in this season. He should be in this season. Let's flesh it out a little bit more. When, that's a lot of seasons, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be like two-hour sermon. Anyway. So the goal, if we did it right, I'll, I'll go really fast like Micro Machine Man. That baptized when we were kids, and then, G then the Jesus Storybook Bible was told us when we were growing up, and then we went to We Worship and Fusion and Access Class, and then we had youth group, and, and then we went to college, but we listened to the podcast, and we connected to a Christian ministry, and then we were young, and we needed to get married, and then we had kids, and they were baptized, and then we had a good season working, and we grew older, and then as we grew older, still Pastor Dustin was able to speak to us because he used the Word of God on his own experience, and it spoke to us, and we had light all through it, right? And that is God's goal. 
that in every season that light would go. But is that always the reality? Here's sometimes how it works. I had a great season growing up because my parents were strong Christians, but then I went to college. And then I had young kids. And I tried to get back, and I'm hoping that sometime I'll get back so that can happen. Or what about this? Isn't it true that this can happen? I was strong for a while, but, but then I took kind of for granted this message that I've always been told about the gospel of Jesus. And so the faith, it just, it didn't last. And the most sobering message is when Jesus told those people, I don't know you. And why? Because you went a season without him and he never got it back. Because you allowed the light to grow dim and you didn't realize how not guarding your priorities allowed a slow fade to fade away. This is a sobering message. So what's the goal? My friends, we have to persist in the faith in every season. I know some seasons are harder, and sometimes it seems like God is silent, and sometimes it's a push. But you have got to persist and make it about what you're going to do to stay close to the Lord. And let me get a little bit of theology in here. Let's go to seminary for just a degree. Um, when it comes to the faith, your conversion is not up to you. Your conversion is a gift to, of God. He works through the word. He works through baptism to make a dead thing alive. Read Ephesians 2. We're dead in transgressions and he made us alive. So your conversion, that faith, that light, it's not up to you. But after your conversion... After your conversion, there is a part that is up to you as you walk with the Spirit. You need to keep in step with that Spirit. Look at what Paul said. He said, therefore, my dear friends, if you always obey, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that does not mean you can save yourself. Only Jesus' cross can save you. What it does mean is that you have responsibilities in your faith life. You have responsibilities to keep in step with the Spirit because this is true. It is not your job to create faith. It is your job to keep it with the Holy Spirit who is now in you. And no one can prioritize for you. And no one can tell you exactly what to do because it is your responsibility to guard the light of the world. And Mama might help you, but it's not her job. All right? Is this a tough word? It's a little bit tough. It's tough for me too. But we need to do some tough work here so it's better out there. You know what I'm saying? And so spiritual gut check. Spiritual gut check. Have there been seasons where that light has grown dim? Has there been a season where he just wasn't there? Let's freshen it up. How's your season right now? How's that light? Isn't it true we've all let the light grow dim at times? I'm among them. It happens to me. It's hard sometimes. But today is the day to wake up and repent. 
And to say, I know you're good, God, and I want to hold on to your goodness and help me to do so. Let me not just hear this word, but let me now take it and do something with it. That's what the point was. Not only hearing, but doing and following. And let me remind you again of what Jesus and Christmas is all about. Here's the good news, my friends. We live in forgiveness. You're not saved because you had to get it right. You're saved because of Jesus who got it right for you. But getting it right took persistence on his behalf. Think about him. He didn't come into negative 16 degrees. He came into a world that hated him. No one loved him. His family didn't believe he was God. The Pharisees were jealous of him. The disciples frustrated him. Everyone rejected him at the end. He had to persist in love. He had to persist past the Garden of Gethsemane to a hill called Golgotha where he would bleed and where he would die and where he would give his life for you and me. He had to persist past the grave to tell us we have eternity. We have new life. Now I want to let you know, if this is your first time hearing this message, Jesus came out of persistent love for you. And it wasn't with an expectation of what you would give. It wasn't an expectation at all. It was just saying, I love you so much. I want you to have peace. If your first time hearing this is peace, it is for you. And maybe, maybe you're understanding that this Christmas story, it isn't like the Grinch who told, stole Christmas. It's a real story. Maybe there's something in your heart that confirms this story about Jesus. It is true. It is real. He is alive. May that light work in your heart. If you've heard this a hundred times and it's just confirmed that light, then we got to continually hold on to the light. So let's talk about that. As we talk about that, I wanted to know, sharp turn, does anyone binge watch TV shows on Netflix? <laughs> it's easy to do that, right? And I love the age where you have DVR and you can just, and, and why do you binge watch? Why is that a phenomenon? Because they got you hooked, right? It's like, I don't care if it's 2 a.m. I'm going to see the season finale tonight. It's going to be awesome. That's what books used to do, right? You remember? You know, maybe not. Uh, there were these chapters <laughs> that you'd read and you wouldn't want to go to bed. Now you read to go to bed. But anyway, um, it, it did happen and, and, and they kept you awake because you wanted to see what's going on. What, what, what Jesus is doing, I got a point here, I got a point here, I got a point here. What he's doing is he's hooking you with this, this story all to make one specific point. You want to see the season finale? Here it is. Here was his, his main point. Therefore, keep watch. That's all he wanted to say. <laughs> he could have skipped the whole story because this was the season finale, right? Just keep watch. That's all. And I was reading it, and all it was is like, stay awake. Stay awake. And then I considered, I was watching this uh, TV show with Kevin James, and I'm not sure if it's any good, but he was waking up the kids. He was like, stay awake. Keep awake. And so he was going around to their rooms, and um, <clears throat> you know how kids can be when they're waking up? Especially teenagers. Come on. I'm, I'm not against teenagers, by the way. You're awesome, but you like to sleep in, and you're slow, and you're groggy, okay? And sometimes you're crabby. Stop being crabby. Anyway, but what Kevin James did is that he took an air horn, and do you think the air horn worked? Well, let's find out if it does. I did bring an air horn because I love you. But the reason is because Jesus in this parable was doing this. That is what he was trying to do. He's like, wake up! Wake up! 
that I left you? Is it perhaps that you left me? You think that I am absent? Why have you been absent in our relationship? You think that you can just go a season without me? You gotta wake up! You gotta prioritize the faith because you don't know when he's coming! That's all he was doing. So now you're awake. Welcome to Amazing Love. <clears throat> but now you gotta stay awake. So, what we need to do is we need to develop a plan. We need to develop a plan to stay awake. And, and, and some of you are goal setters. During deliberation, I was goal setting. I was like, you know, some of my goals, I want to be a good family man and a good pastor. I think God wants me to do both. But what we need to do with this message is, is this. We need to develop a spiritual plan. In other words, if I could say it another way, you need to be real with the question, how in the world are you going to stay awake? How in the world are you going to stay awake in every season so that you don't miss it because there's no retakes, the professor's not opening up the door for another time to take the exam, it is only one and you don't know when. So what are you going to do? I don't want to insult your intelligence, but let me break it down kind of practically. Uh, first, practically, if you're a child and, and mom and dad brought you to, to church today, one of the things you can do is not fight them on that, okay? And one of the things you can do is if they don't want to go to church, wake them up, okay? Do that. You're, you're old enough to wake them up and say, we got to see Jesus today. That's what we do. Another thing, if you're still a child and you can listen to what I'm saying, you're old enough to read your Bible. You really are, and you'll understand quite a bit of it. Um, I'll be there to help you, but anyway, um, you can read your Bible. What does this mean for our uh, teens? and especially in college. Um, I know in, in high school it gets very busy. Guess what? It stays busy. It's always going to be busy. Spoiler alert. You got to work on prioritizing right now because if you lose that right now, you, you won't necessarily gain it again, okay? It will always be busy. Adults, is it always busy? Okay, just ask your mom and dad. They're busy because of you. Anyway, um, <clears throat> So you got to prioritize it now. Another thing is college. College isn't sinful. It's not bad. It's a great time. But the thing is, if you look at a college and you're not asking, how am I going to stay close to the Lord? It won't happen on its own. And it wasn't mom's responsibility. It was yours. Okay? So you need to look at a college and you not only ask, do I like their programs and their people and the environment, but can I stay close to Jesus there? The good thing is that can happen in a lot of ways. You can listen to podcasts. You can connect to a Christian ministry. You can call me up as your pastor, and we'll pray together. I don't care what it is, but you need to make a plan and ask how that's going to happen. What it means for us as adults is priorities. And what's interesting is that, like, our things taking us from Jesus aren't like drugs and alcohol. They're like really good things, right? But life is so busy that if you don't prioritize faith, the busyness will crowd it out every time. And you got to fight for it. Don't care what's going on at work. You got to fight for it to hear this word, to hold on to the faith because it doesn't happen on its own. Beware of the slow fade that is all too common. But that's all I'm going to say practically. It is your goal to develop your own spiritual plan. Mine, just so you know, is to read the Bible. I have to read the Bible on my own, not for you, but for me. And if I don't do this, my faith goes like that. And I am not strong, and I am not at peace. I just want to let you know that. I have to read the Bible. But you got to get this. And the reason is because there's a gift that's coming. 
there's something coming, and it's really awesome. In fact, if you want to get a glimpse of that gift with me, let's just read together what that gift is. So as we close today, we're going to read a, a picture, a revelation of what this gift is, and then I'm going to pray for you. But if you're comfortable, let's just keep our eyes on what's coming by reading this together. We read together. Are you ready? Here we go. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has gone away. Let me pray for you. We close with prayer. Lord, help us to stay awake our whole lives long. Shield us with your spirit. Now with the wisdom and discernment you have given us, let us not only hear your word but do it. Bless our plans to stay close to you. We look forward to seeing you face to face, and we look forward to the joy and the wonder that will be ours because of you. Amen. Please stand.